Welcome to Podcast Seems to be the Hardest Word. Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Podcast Seems to be the Hardest Word. One Man's Musings on the studio albums of Sir Elton John in the order that they were released in the UK, which brings us to uh, 1979 and uh, Victim of Love. Uh, But first, uh, let's just have a chat about your emails uh, and messages. Thanks so much for the emails and messages coming in. Uh, Thanks for your thoughts on the last uh, release, which was A Single Man. Um, and uh, interesting, particularly um, from Becky over there in Nevada, who uh, was saying what a difference it makes with not having lyrics written by Bernie Taupin, what a limiting thing that is on the album, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Uh, and it's amazing, isn't it, how much you rely on those lyrics lifting it up to be what you expected to be. Imagine, you know, imagine if you had a... If you had a, a, a an album where God the music wasn't even written by Elton John, <laughs> oh wait, yes we have. Anyway, before that, um, of course, this is going out on the third of November, which is a very exciting day. Uh, no, not because it's American Election Day, but because tomorrow uh, is the release, certainly in the UK, I'm presuming everywhere, of uh, Elton John's Jewel Box. Uh, which um, I imagine we're all quite looking forward to, being starved of anything new. I know this isn't new, 50 years old, some of the stuff, but at least we won't have heard some of the stuff before. So it makes it really interesting, uh, and I must say I'm quite looking forward to getting my hands on it, but I won't be getting my hands on the actual um, box itself till Christmas, but I will be hearing the music. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, And eventually, down the line, uh, I'm sure I'll get round to, to looking at the various sections on it um, in time to come. Uh, But we're back here at um, October 1979, and as always, um, I must follow the same same pattern as I usually follow. So uh, let's look at what else was released in October 1979. I've picked out three albums uh, that uh, I actually bought, that I owned, uh, and still own, uh, somewhere, although I don't know if I could put my hands on at least one of them. Um, and it, I, I'm afraid I'm showing my Britishness here a little bit because I've gone for three British bands. Um, the wonderful Police, Sting and the um, Copeland Boys uh, with Regatta de Blanc was uh, released uh, in October 79, as was the wonderful... Uh, one Step Beyond by Madness. I don't even know in America. You might not know who Madness is. or are. I'm not sure. Um, they were of their time, but, I mean, they're, they're still knocking around now. Absolutely marvellous. And my third album, uh, completely different to both of those, uh, is um, White Snake. David Coverdale, White Snake, the, the Deep Purple, um, I suppose you'd call them spin-off band, uh, post-breakup band, and Love Hunter. So they're my three albums which show... The eclectic mix of music, actually, that was going on in 1979. And firmly down the middle of that eclectic road uh, comes Elton John's 
Victim of Love. Now, uh, let me just say this before we start and get into it. Um, I First of all, I know some people um, were questioning if I was going to do uh, the Tom Bell sessions. Uh, and the answer is no, because it's not actually a studio album. It's not a full album. So I've, I've not counted those as one of the albums. But of course, this Victim of Love uh, grew out of, of the Tom Bell se- sessions, allegedly. Um, and uh, the, uh, the producer of the album, Pete Bellotti, uh, who also wrote the songs... Um, he uh, he contacted Elton John and suggested that Elton did this. So here we have an album that he didn't write any of the music on. He didn't write, uh, obviously, the words, because he didn't write the words anyway. Uh, he doesn't play the piano on it. He doesn't play any instrument. The only thing he does is sing, uh, which makes me wonder actually how much creative input if any at all Elton had in this uh, project um and and that's why uh, the reason I'm doing this is because if I didn't I'd feel as if it was um you know an itch I hadn't scratched but I don't really count this anymore as an Elton John album this is like um it's like a disco album album featuring Elton John on vocals uh it's not it's not an Elton John album I'm not going to be able to talk about um the things I normally talk about I'm not going to be able to talk about Eltonisms because there aren't any Eltonisms because he hasn't written any of it um so uh, this won't be a long episode and I'm sorry I, I do know that there are some people who rate this album um as not as bad as a lot of people think and I think that's marvellous well done and thank you so much for um f- for having those views because that's what liking music is all about um you know I'm not one of those people that thinks everyone should think the same way about things no absolutely don't and if you like this album uh, then great uh, but I have to warn you now uh, you may have already spotted that I'm not one of those that likes this album uh, I'm really sorry, but I'm just not. So um, so there you go. Um, a little look at the musicians. And again, I can't really help with the musicians because really out here we normally talk about uh, who's uh, in the band at the time or who's not in the band or who's not playing on it or who's coming. But of course, these are just a whole different group of musicians um, who work for Pete Bellotti, presumably, um, who came in and uh, you know uh, and play on it, you know, in any keyboard work that you think, oh, you know, that's nice. It's not Elton. It's Tor Baldrison. Um, so there you go. Uh, the only name on it, looking down the list, that I, I recognise at all is Lenny Pickett, who plays saxophone on the first track. Um, and uh, Lenny Pickett has played for Elton before. Uh, I'm sure of that. So, um, so that's the musicians, really. Um, <laughs> done and dusted. Let's just talk momentarily about the cover because actually, it's with the cover where my biggest interest lies, which m- you may find surprising because uh, let's face it, it's not 
the most exciting cover in the world either. It's a, a, a black and white photograph at the top, on the front, sorry, with um, the picture of Elton in the rectangle in the middle with his rectangular shaded glasses on, looking very serious. Uh, it's in colour on the back and he's got his eyes closed, but it's, it's basically a similar picture. Uh, it's got the names of the tracks on the back at the top. And on the front, it's got Elton John, Victim of Love, uh, with a, a, a scribble behind it in colour to make it stand out. However, when you un unzip the middle, when you pull the middle out, the bit that has the actual record in, this is where my interest lies. And I don't know if anyone else that has the actual, not the CD, because I, I imagine it's not a case on the CD, but who's got the actual album has this situation because uh, all we have on this inner sleeve is on the back we have the yellow and blue colour on one side and on the other side we have the list of the tracks and who, uh, who technically who's worked for it and also uh, who plays on it. It's the list of the tracks that are most interesting to me because side two of this album has four tracks on and those four tracks are thunder in the night spotlight street boogie and victim of love however on my inner sleeve they are not printed like that they are printed as thunder in the night spotlight street boogie and victim of love which is clearly a huge misprint it's not misprinted on the outer cover. On the outer cover, they're listed as Spotlight and Street Boogie. But on the inner cover, they're listed as Spotlight Street and Boogie. Uh, and I, really, what I'm hoping is that uh, I have got an incredibly rare copy of this album. Uh, maybe there were only... 20 of them in the world pressed before they realized what was wrong on the or, or printed before they realized what was wrong and i've got an album cover here that's worth uh, thousands of pounds that's what i'm desperately desperately hanging on to uh, or maybe everybody's says the same inside uh, and it just sort of goes hand in hand uh, with the um, disappointing nature of the music as well however there you go so that's the cover dealt with and done uh, and I think now um, it's time to to get into the music so track one side one is Johnny Be Good and I have to say that what Elton does here is truly remarkable Elton John manages to pull off uh the worst cover of one of the greatest rock and roll songs you could ever imagine. And, um, uh, you know, that takes some doing. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, it's horrible. It's too slow. It's manufactured. Uh, and it's if the verses and choruses are bad enough when Elton's singing... The bits in between are, are cringingly awful. Um, they're 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 mind-numbingly 
awful. Even the sax solo when it happens is incongruous. It's just, uh, you, you know, I'll listen to it again. Listen to about two minutes of it and then switch it off and go and listen to the original, the 58 version. You know, go and listen to the original because that is a song. Even the the version of it in Back to the Future, you know, go and listen to that. Anything's better than this version of it. Um, and it's and it's impressive uh, because um, it's such a great, great song. And to, I don't know, you you wonder why all the time I'm listening to this album. And it's not often, I can tell you that. I wonder why. It's just a question, why? Um, so, yeah. Uh, now, you know that one of my things is that songs, certain songs um, that Elton sings go on too long. Uh, this song goes on too long. It goes on eight minutes and six seconds too long, uh, to be precise. Uh, and I think that's as much as I want to say about track one. Oh, apart from the fact that I now have to ask the question, uh, does he nail track one? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, by some considerable distance, uh, he doesn't. And this is only the second time uh, this has happened. Uh, so um, there you go. He doesn't nail track one at all. Track two is... Uh... Warm Love in a Cold World. Uh, and this uh, is uh, a nice little disco song that goes absolutely nowhere and uh, has some of the most banal lyrics uh, ever heard on an, any Elton John album ever or any other album, come to think about it, in my life. Um, but it's notable for the fact that... Um, it has possibly the worst chorus uh, on uh, on any Elton John album I've ever heard. Uh, you know, if you can beat the banality of repeating warm love in a cold world, girl, we've got to make it, uh, then, then good luck. But I don't know of any. I have nothing else to say about that song, except I was glad when it finished. Track three, Born Bad. Um... This um this actually starts reasonably promising. Um promisingly. Sorry, my English there was terrible. It starts reasonably promisingly. I mean it never really uh satisfies, but um in terms of uh this album, it's probably uh probably my second favourite song, if that's the right way of putting it, or my second least disliked song might be a better way of putting it. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, the verse is quite interesting. I hate the chorus. The verse is quite interesting. Um, I think part of the problem here is that all the songs, um, are more or less the same beat. They're the same speed. They're all about 110, uh, beats a minute. And, um, and that makes you, it, it makes for not, oh, are we starting as one finished? Have we started another one? It's that sort of thing. Um, I, I, there's, a, there's a guitar solo on this. Uh, that I quite like, actually. I, you know, the first time I heard it, I quite liked it as a guitar solo. I think it's it's well played, and it's quite good. So, um, I, I, you know, and it and it's got for somebody else who's written it, it's got a half interesting chord structure. It's got a couple of times the the chords are quite nice. That's it. Um, you know, uh, that's 
Again, I'm sorry I'm not saying much about this, but I genuinely haven't got much to say about them. But as a song, Born Bad is not the disaster that Warm Love in a Cold World was. And it's not the absolute train wreck that Johnny B. Good was. Uh, however, it does end quite a short side one, because quite a short album this. Uh, so let's be thankful for Small Mercies. And um, I always ask the question... Do we nail side one? God, no. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, it's a shocker. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on and uh, have a look at side two. Uh, side two kicks off with thunder in the night. Now, here's a little um, here's a little uh, tip um, for uh, all, all songwriters and producers uh, out there. It, be very careful if you're going to have something with an introduction of over a minute before the singer starts because there's half a chance that by the time the singing starts, a number of people will have switched off. I lost interest after about 20 seconds of this piece, and I'm just saying it how it is. Uh, and I, you know, again, about halfway through this today's episode, I must again apologise. Uh, well, I'm not apologising. I'm not. I'm just saying I I appreciate the fact people may have different views. But please remember that the this is my podcast and my views. Uh, so I'm I, so I don't make an apology actually for so otherwise I wouldn't be saying it, would I? Um, look, this is it, it's just it's musical banality, uh, and I don't get it. I don't like it, I don't understand it, and uh, I, I did lose interest. Um, the, the, I mean, the lyrics are just, uh, I don't know what to say really, the lyrics are um, unbelievable. I, I did smile, at the, there's a line that says, I've got them storm clouds hanging right over my head. And, um, and that's a bit the way I feel when I'm listening to it. So no, uh, out here searching the streets, I got to find my woman and tell her I never wanted to cheat, but she cheated me. Wow. Uh, you know, I, we're all thinking here, come back Gary Osborne, aren't we? But let's be honest, that's what we're thinking. Come back Gary Osborne, right. Okay, that's Thunder in the Night done. Uh, I can't do any more of that. So the next song is Spotlight. Or, if I'm to believe the inside cover of my album, Spotlight Street, but it clearly isn't, it's Spotlight. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and when those drum beats start at the beginning, uh, my, oh, thanks very much, my heart just uh, sinks again. Uh, I, I don't know what to say to you, because there's nothing to say about these songs. There's nothing to say about the words, there's nothing to say about the music. Uh, and so I'm going to move straight on now to Street Boogie. So here's a song all about um, playing music on the street. Because I don't know about you, but nothing says Elton John more to me than the thought of somebody on roller skates with a boombox over their shoulder skating down the road playing disco music. I mean, what on earth? Uh 
I, I, you know, actually, to be fair, um, I, I did say earlier that I thought um, Warm Love in a Cold Room had the worst um, chorus I'd ever heard, but I think this might beat it. Uh, four repeated street boogies uh, is <laughs> is pretty much plumbing the depths. And, um, and that's all I've got to say about it. Um, the final... Uh, Track on the album is Victim of Love, that the uh, album was named after, and it was also a single um, and did, um, uh, well, I won't say well or even moderately well, but it, it did sell a few copies and got some airplay. Uh, and it's probably the best song on the album um, in that it actually has a chorus that's quite catchy. Um, I, I mean, maybe not catchy enough to repeat it as many times as it's repeated in the song, but it certainly does have a catchy thing about it. Um, it, it does have that strange instrument uh, sounding thing in it that makes it start a, sound a bit like the start of um, Doctor Who, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. Um, but there you go. Uh, so that's that's Victim of Love. Um and I'm afraid that's all I've got to say about the music on this album. I've got I can't play you any examples because there's nothing to play. I can't talk to you about anything really. Um, so did I like it? Well, guess what? No, I didn't like it. And here's the thing. So let me let me talk a little bit about why I didn't like it, and let me try and justify some of the things that I've said. First of all, uh, the one thing that you genuinely always get when you listen to Elton John is um, a mixture of genres within an album. So, uh, you know, if you think back to um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, think about all the different genres that maybe aren't always successfully done, but are always tried. You know, there's reggae on there, there's disco, there's, uh, there's ballads, there's rock songs. Uh, you know, there's a whole list, there's a whole list of genres. So if you're going to do an album of one genre only, you're taking a risk that you aren't going to appeal to anybody that doesn't particularly like that genre. Okay. I'm not a particular fan of late 70s disco music, but there are some fantastic examples of it. This, I'm afraid, isn't one of them. And again, that's got absolutely nothing to do with Elton John. It's entirely to do with Pete Bellotti and the other people that wrote the songs who somehow persuaded Elton to come on and sing on these songs. And let us face facts here. Had Elton said no, and the songs ended up being sung by some session singer in the German studio, they would never have heard the light of day again. Because, you know, they're just not a great selection of songs. They're not. Uh, the, and it's only the fact, I mean, the only reason I own the album is because Elton John sings on it. I never play it. I've just played it again now um, to to do this podcast, and I remember why I don't play it. Uh, it's monotonous. It's uh, devoid of original ideas. 
It is uh, lyrically awful. Uh, so I'm sorry. Um, it ranks way, 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 way down at the bottom for me. Um, now, I do always ask under these circumstances, where does Becky rate it? Uh, and remembering what we are rating out of 31. Uh, and actually, uh, Becky rates it at number... You thought I was going to say 31, but she doesn't. She rates it at number 30, which means there's one worse in Becky's eyes than Victim of Love. And I'm not telling you what it is till we get to it. Um, she's written a Victim of Love. I guess he really wanted to do a disco album. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, I guess he did, or somebody offered him a lot of money. I've no idea, uh, but um, but there you go. Um, I also usually do what's my favourite lyric. Can't do that because there aren't any favourite lyrics on it whatsoever, um, because they're meaningless uh, Muzak nonsense. Uh, and honestly, uh, that's about it. I uh, am looking forward to the next episode. So the next episode will be the album 21 at 33, um, which was the first album I bought when I was at university, uh, when I was 18. Um, so there you go. Um, but more of that next time. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing it because it's Elton songs uh, and I'll have something to talk about. In the meantime, I'm sorry that this is only a 25-minute episode. I'm sorry if you disagree with me. Uh, but, you know, have a listen to it again, honestly, if you want, and, and see if you really do disagree with me. Or if you just say you like some songs because they're Elton John. Can I also apologise for the sound quality on this episode? Uh, normally, um, it's done um, through my microphone, obviously, but I noticed... Uh, just as I was finishing off that halfway through this episode, I managed to pull the microphone out inadvertently whilst just repositioning the uh, laptop. And so part of it's been recorded just using the internal mic on the laptop. Now, I would be that concerned normally that I go back and re-record it, but I cannot record my thoughts on this album again. So please forgive me on this occasion. Uh, other than that, um, please... Stay safe. Please look forward to getting your hands on Jewel Box and having a good listen to um, some old songs, but some songs we haven't heard before. Um, and, you know, fingers crossed, uh, everything works out uh, over in the United States uh, with important things that are going on at the moment. And um, I will see you all next time, hopefully in two weeks. Uh, in the meantime... Please, as this uh, pandemic gets worse, look after yourselves, stay safe, wear your masks, and until next time.